0: Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm Winnie, and this is the Gen Asian Podcast. Get comfortable and listen in as we explore the unique identity and experiences of Asian Canadian Millennials.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. It's been almost like two months, I think. But me and Michelle were both going through a bunch of personal things, personal projects.
0: we we have some
1: life changes, but yeah, so um, we, we did had busy. to take a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're back and we're excited to be recording. It's been a long time, but I actually kind
0: of miss, I miss this. I was um, telling Winnie when we were kind of like going through our own stuff, it just felt so weird not talking to Winnie. Like,
1: yeah, we were meeting you know. and like chatting for like three hours, two to three times a week. To not have that for like two months was a little bit, definitely a bit weird. So Michelle, do you want to tell us about how your week was?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, today's Sunday and the weekend I spent plant shopping actually. So I bought four new plants. Wow. So I feel like a new plant mom. (laughs) Have you named them? I did. Okay. So I named, I got three plants. I got a Monstera plant, a Bird of Paradise. There's this like pancake plant. And then there's one that I don't really know the name of. But I've had the bird of paradise for a week and I've named it Phineas. Um, the other two are, or the other three still remain unnamed. I definitely have to name them on Sarah because it's like massive. I spent all of yesterday repotting it and then I had to water them. They take up so much space. They, I put them all in my shower and tried to like turn the shower onto water on just cause I thought it would be easier, but it made a, like a huge, huge mess. mess. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> such <laughs> a disaster. Yeah. I think like I'm in a new place and I have these like Florida ceiling windows with super high ceilings. Um, I don't have a ton of furniture right now, so it's really empty and the plants, I don't know.
1: It just makes me feel like I'm more at home. What about you, Winnie? What's been going on? I guess like something that of note in the last week is that I had a, a call with a friend, I kind of set up the call because I was like worried about um, something that had happened or like something that I thought was like a really big deal and I kind of just needed someone to like talk to and like rant to I guess. So this is a quality that I really appreciate in friends is honesty in the sense that like I like when my friends are willing to like tell it to me straight like when I'm being an idiot or when I'm like doing something stupid even if it might hurt me Which is like maybe it might not be like something I want to hear in the moment. I know first of all like if they're my friend I think they have like good enough judgment that like oh no no no. like we're not I'm not telling Winnie this simply to like hurt her feelings but it's for the better it's like so she can be better she can grow from this. I think like that friend when I was talking to him about the situation that was going on like first of all was like Winnie I think you're overthinking this and I think I just needed to (laughs) hear that because I do have a tendency to like overthink things. I don't know. It was just like so refreshing to hear that. I think for someone that like I can trust to like tell me things honestly, to give me a bit of perspective. Yeah, it was very comforting. Comforting. It was like a very soul warming conversation. I think, (laughs) even though it might have been like uncomfortable in the moment. It was really good. I think some of the
0: hard conversations are always a little bit uncomfortable, but I find that you feel a bit better. Like. It feels yeah. like you know each other a little bit better. You might have shared something like intimate, I guess, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you feel like seen back. Sometimes it's just comforting to know like these people have your back, and you want them to be honest and truthful to you because you believe that like they're there to like help you may- be a better person, almost. Yeah, It's like, like you're working towards like a mutual goal.
1: Exactly, be and better. they have like good intentions for you. It was just like a moment of connection that I think I really needed. It's been hard to get moments like that, especially during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I think the pandemic has really like, I feel like put things into perspective. A lot of people are kind of reevaluating their your life. I think it's been going on for like such a long time now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 2020 is going to be over. And
1: like, what did we accomplish? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pandemic put people into this quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone just has so much time to think about their life to, like, think about all the things that, like, they should be doing, could be doing, and there's obviously, like, you're on social media, like, comparing yourself to other people, like, seeing, I don't even know how many, like, there's so many of my friends who have started businesses during the <laughs> pandemic. I'm like, um, you know, I'm just trying to, like, make it through my day and, like, not have a nervous breakdown, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh so, yeah, gosh. it's it's yeah. been interesting. I don't know, Michelle, yeah, I... do you feel like you're in the... Quarter life crisis? Have you experienced
0: that? It's been straight. I feel like the um, before the pandemic, I had a quarter life crisis, and I feel like it was getting better, (laughs) but then I think the pandemic like reinvigorated it in a way. Yeah, and I think I, as I mentioned, like I moved to a new into a new place, and I feel like there's just been a lot of like personal changes going on at the same time. It between the pandemic and all my own personal changes and like the timing of everything, it just felt like this year has been a massive shift. I think it's quarter life crisis 2.0 yeah. <laughs> after I had my first one. Yeah.
1: What, like, what was the first one like though? Like what were you thinking mm-hmm. or like going through? For me, it was
0: like maybe like one or two years out of graduating. So I graduated, I think in the first year, it's usually, for me, it was pretty good. Like it, everything's kind of new. It feels like you're learning a lot of things and, I don't know. You feel like you're growing. And then after a year or two, you kind of fall into a routine at work mm-hmm. where you're like working Monday to Friday. And then your Saturday, you're like sleeping in and just relaxing and catching up because during the week, you kind of, I don't know, I feel like you're, you always don't get enough sleep while you're working. Yeah. For me, like, I guess fitness and like wellness is pretty important. So I always end up like meal prepping on Sundays mm-hmm. and like cooking. So I spend a big chunk of my day doing that. And then because, I was so focused on work and work was like the number one priority in my life after going to school. And you're like, you want to get this job and you really want to succeed. That became my like whole world. Like Monday to Friday was what I was living. And then Saturday was like, I need to like sleep and like refresh myself, kind of just like physically prepare myself for the week. And then Sunday you're like spending your time like, taking care and kind of prepping for the week yeah it felt like time was just passing by without really accomplishing anything Mm -hmm. i don't know for me it was like realizing it's like wow like my whole world is work is
1: that really healthy like i think like the big quarter life crisis piece is that like you have the realization that this is your life for the next 40 years you know oh my gosh day in day out every week Mm -hmm. like it can feel a bit daunting to be like I have thirty-five more years to go before oh god, like yeah. retirement. I think um, when I first started the
0: company, I remember seeing people having their like 25, 30 thirty-year anniversary, like service anniversary at the company, and Whoa. I just like, oh my god, like they they've been doing this longer than I've been alive. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's a sure. bit crazy. Now I I feel like I have so much more respect for that because I was kind of like oh like how could they do that? Like it almost feels like negative because I feel like you're always constantly chasing for more and, like, mm-hmm. you should be jumping around and doing more different things and it feels like you're in a rush and, yeah. I don't know, there's been, like, mentors and people that have told me in the company that's like, you're running a marathon. You're here for, like, I don't know, 35, 40 years and maybe it's not the same company but you're on your career journey regardless and mm-hmm. you need to find something where you can, like, sustainably stay in
1: yeah, um,
0: and sustainably work at. That kind of was my first quarter life crisis and helped me through it, You're, you have to think about your life holistically and it shouldn't be so unbalanced onto one aspect of your life.
1: Yeah, kind of what I no, totally for sure. Like. And I think like our mutual friends are like pretty high achieving, very like hustle and like career oriented. I feel like a bit of a pressure from just having all my peers be like that. And for sure, I think like millennials as well, there's like this stereotype that like, we will stay at a company for like two years and you jump because there's this like idea that like every time you switch jobs is when you get the biggest pay increase. Mm-hmm. And like obviously being in a new environment, you can obviously learn a lot more. And I'm not saying there's no benefits to that, but like life isn't just about making the most money, you know, yeah. or like getting to like the biggest tech company or like becoming CEO. It's, it's not for everyone. And I respect people who have stayed in their job, or like stayed at their company for the last like five to 10 years or even like 30 years like you said because I think yeah I don't know in some ways it's you're like building something it's like almost like getting married and having a family like yeah you could like jump relationships and it's like fun and exciting every time you do but it's like there's also value in being in like one long-term relationship and like building a life with that person there is also value in like staying the course and like investing your time and energy into like one thing. Um and I think that's maybe like not very like sexy right now, especially when you're younger. Like mm-hmm. it's for me it was like the realization it's like different strokes for different folks. Like people want different
0: <laughs> things and I didn't yeah, really course. fully comprehend that until having like done it. I like we went to a good university, we got like good jobs the mindset is like oh you should be happy now like you got you got what you want you've achieved what you were like told to do yeah and then after living in a couple of years you're kind of like what am i chasing like i have to do this for like 35 40 more years like Mm -hmm. how and you don't necessarily know if it like that was the right path for you anymore yeah maybe you want to be working those, like, 80-hour weeks, but maybe you don't want to be working those 80-hour weeks. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want, like, a little bit more balance and, like, spend time doing other things, um, like, building other parts of your life. On your point about pay and, like, Mm. jumping around, like, I, I feel like there is, like, a thought that, oh, you should, like, maybe jump around and then you can have a bigger, like, pay increase. But then I always, like, think about this study. I don't know if you've seen it. They're like, oh, after you make something like eighty five thousand dollars a year the mm-hmm. like the threshold like happiness. for happiness yeah. yeah goes down or plateaus when you're making that much money you have to sacrifice a lot more time yeah and, that's and when there's you, that
1: like idea of like keeping up with the joneses you have that like lifestyle inflation so it's like yeah you're making more money but you're also spending more
0: mm-hmm. and i think there's like always a comparison to when you're like surrounded by peers that make similar amount and like that's a good income like $85,000 is a good income yeah but you almost like feel like you need more the whole thing is learning about yourself and that's kind of what for me the whole quarter life crisis is about (laughs) yeah it's like I feel like this weird time in your 20s where you're trying to figure out what you actually want versus what you were told you want
1: yeah I, I absolutely agree with everything for me like the quarter life crisis is like seeing how some people have like kind of stuck to this straight and narrow Um, This, like, idea, I think, of, like, how your 20s, like, should be, that's not going to happen for me, but also, like, maybe I don't want that. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, the example that I was going to give is, like, I know a few of our peers who graduated, you know, working for a really good company with, like, a good salary two years in, they, like, moved downtown into an apartment, and They may probably, like, got into a long-term relationship right after university. Mm -hmm. They're, like, starting to, like, get engaged. Yeah, Yeah. like, starting to get engaged and then get married. Before that big step into having kids, it's like, oh, they're going to get a dog and see how Mm -hmm. that life is going to be. Yeah, I think, like, my realization was, like, my life trajectory is not following that. And in some ways, it, like, gives me a bit of anxiety because I thought, from like my I don't know when I was 18 I was like, "Oh yeah, like that's my life. By like 25 I'm going to be married and like oh my gosh, think about having kids." Yeah, it's like absolutely insane for me to like even say this now cuz I'm 27 now and like that obviously did not happen. I am not married. I do not have kids. Just want, like putting that out there. And there is like comfort. I can see why people do it cuz I think when you follow that like set path, like I don't know, I guess it's like a society agrees that like this is the way things should be, and there's a bit of comfort in following that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like, that crisis comes in when I'm, like, I'm not following this process through life, so what the fuck am I supposed to do, you know? like, yeah. And it's, like, the not knowing and, like, trying to figure that out, like, that is anxiety provoking thing about being in the quarter life crisis Mm -hmm. yeah because then it's like there's no set path it's like what am I working towards oh I have to figure that out oh shit (laughs) yeah do you ever feel a bit of pressure from your parents on like following the path
0: and like doing the right thing like the right quote unquote right thing I have some air quotes going on right now
1: (laughs) yeah I am my parents in general are pretty chill um so they don't give me actual pressure in terms of like Oh hey, when are we going to see our grandkids? But they definitely like ask the probing questions. What are you going to do with your life? Cuz like I'm in a career path that like I knew going into my career like that this wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I'm like, okay, so this isn't what I'm going to do. Now I have to figure out what it is. I think they're worried for me in that sense, but like they never actually put pressure cuz I think they like ultimately realize that I have to figure it out for myself and mm-hmm like it's still my life to live they they can like suggest things for me to do but it's like if I do it and I hate it like I'm the one that has to live with that consequence
0: yeah yeah
1: I think especially our parents like as immigrant
0: parents I feel like there's it's almost a different era right like I feel like they're focused on like survival their whole thing was like okay you might not like this job or like I might not like this job but I need to feed my children like feed my mm-hmm. family you know I don't know if they're, they, at the time, were searching for, like, a job that made them happy. They were, like, purely yeah. like... Or, like, provided oh, meaning. A,
1: yeah,
0: like, they're looking for a job that just paid the bills and, like, mm-hmm. gave them the means to survive and, like, put food on the table, have my family survive in this new country i think now that we take it for granted like we have jobs like we're making an income and now we're like striving for more like we're looking for that like self-actualization finding a job that like makes us happy makes Mm -hmm. us feel fulfilled like it's kind of hard talking to your parents about it because like they're like oh like you have a good job like why would you ever want to leave like what yeah like that's kind of the stuff that comes up right it's like Mm -hmm. Oh, like why would you want to take a job that's like more risky and maybe you're like sacrificing pay cuz you find that there's a job that m- might be more interesting with yeah. more risk. I think sometimes the feedback is and you just keep your head down and like make a good living and just like, yeah. live your life, you know. Like
1: oh, there's like nothing wrong with what you're doing now, so it's like why like rock the boat kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: No, like I don't think our parents really see it how we see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, this kind of goes into like kids And I don't know if your parents had you guys young, but like my parents had us young. So when they moved here, like they already had two kids. And in some ways, I think you're not going to risk it all when you have two young kids to Mm -hmm. like feed and take care of. They were willing to have a mediocre job with okay pay because they had greater purpose in their life. I guess for them, it would have been like us. Yeah, you have to do what you have to do to make money to build i guess essentially your real life at home and i think like for us because like we're getting married later like i don't know some people like don't want to have kids or like not sure if they want to have kids we're only thinking about ourselves because i think when you're a parent like you don't have to think about yourself you can be a bit more selfless and be like okay it doesn't matter whether or not i'm happy in my job because i'm Mm -hmm. putting it into my kids i don't know have you like thought about kids like do you know if you like want to have kids
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think I do, but I'm still a bit undecided. I just think kids, they're such a reflection of yourself, and Mm -hmm. they teach you so much about yourself, and that's what, to me, is so interesting about having kids. Yeah. But it's also an incredibly, like, large responsibility that at this age right now, I would say, like, I just am not ready for that, like, Mm -hmm. something that big of a commitment. Yeah, of
1: course.
0: I think it it teaches you a lot, and I would say Mm -hmm. I lean towards having kids over not having kids Mm -hmm. because of that I don't know things change so maybe I'll change my mind but for now that's that's my point of view (laughs) what about you
1: when I was much younger like in my teens I was like yeah of course I'm gonna have I don't know this is also when I was like oh I'm gonna get married at 25 and have kids Um, so I was like yeah (laughs) of course I'm gonna have kids like you know pop out two kids and like have that white picket fence American dream life Um, and then I think I got a bit older bit more aware of what being a parent actually entails I went through like a period where I was like nope don't want to have kids like it's not for me it's just like a huge burden and I still have all these things that I want to do in my life and then now I think I've like softened a bit to the idea of having kids and I think for me the really important thing is that like I want to have kids with someone I truly value as a partner like an equal partner mm-hmm. and like I don't know this is like my feminist brain thinking as well but like women still take so much of the household chores and like emotional labor invisible labor of like household care and just Mm -hmm. like I don't know in general in a relationship it tends to fall on the women even more so when you have kids and I think like society just like judges women a bit more harshly when they're moms everyone has an idea of what you're supposed to be doing what you're not supposed to be doing or like whether or not you're doing a good job and so I think for me, the bare minimum is 50%. Anything less than 50% means I'm carrying more of the work, you know? And yeah. I, I'm i open to having kids now, but it has to be with someone that I can see as being an equal, an equal life partner. partner and is kind of like on the lo- same page.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, and for those that don't know, could you describe what emotional labor, like the idea of <laughs> about it is? Oh, I know God. we've talked like, a lot a about whole, that. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we can like go into a whole other podcast. I don't know i guess i think the term i should really be using is more like invisible labor basically how in a relationship and not necessarily in like a romantic relationship but like in any relationship like women tend to hold the mental load and like this mental checklist of all the things that need to be done and so for example if you think about like having friends over for like dinner say like you and your partner are hosting women tend to be the ones that are like thinking about like oh guest invite we have to clean the house Mm -hmm. and what groceries to buy and the recipes do we have like a wine bottle opener you know like those small details and I think like like not to discredit all men a lot of my guy friends are like happy to help with those things and be like okay yeah I'm gonna like help cook a lot of times they're not the ones that are thinking about like that initiation or like that needs to be done but like they're Mm -hmm. happy to help when you tell them it needs to be done So it's that mental load and mental labor, that, like, invisible labor that women don't get paid for. (laughs) Like, we don't get extra rest or sleep because of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. And I I think I just, like, haven't found, like, a partner that I, I could see being, like, a true equal in that matter. And I think maybe it's, like, a bit unrealistic especially because everyone has grown up socialized that like women do carry more of that burden mm-hmm. for me to expect like true equality but like at least someone who's willing to work towards it i think is what's mm-hmm. like important yeah. for me yeah
0: yeah it's strange because you're right like i think a lot of times guy friends will be like oh yeah like we might agree mutually agree to like oh we're gonna do i don't know a picnic we're gonna do this a lot of times falls on like the girl to be like okay like can you grab
1: x y and z Mm -hmm.
0: versus like like, make sure
1: we have a blanket and yeah let's check the weather to make sure it's nice that day it's like
0: super subtle things but Mm -hmm. it definitely holds like it takes mental space and like that accumulates right like you have so many different relationships in your life um with your friends and with different people and having to think about all those little things it's it could be emotionally exhausting so
1: oh it is emotionally exhausting <laughs> super exhausting
0: i don't know it feels like you're falling into like a motherly figure even amongst friends mm-hmm. which is it's so strange right like we're not yeah and like some women parents.
1: take pride in that like, making sure everyone's like well taken care of they like will judge other women and like think that they're being rude for not doing that it's not just like on men to like step it up but also for women to be realize that like we need to make sure that we're not like judging other women for mm-hmm. not doing it.
0: I feel like that's so interesting because I feel like that's where I'm like different from you. I feel like you're very you're very like motherly in a way. But I feel like I'm like I'm not good at that stuff. I don't necessarily like think about it's like oh, we need to go on a picnic so we should bring a blanket and like I have been working on trying to think more about it and like pre-plan but for me, it doesn't come naturally. Like, in the past, people have, like, pointed out, it's. it just feels like I'm not as engaged in the relationship mm-hmm. sometimes, like, even amongst yeah. friends, because like, for me, don't... it's not natural. Like, it doesn't yeah. come as naturally. I don't think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes into a bit more about, like, our personality differences, and then that can be a whole other <laughs> oh <my gosh>. podcast <laughs> that we can talk about I don't know maybe this is just like indicative of the fact that like I'm not ready to be a mom but like I hate mothering people like whether it's mothering a friend or a romantic partner like that's not my role right like yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. in a friendship it's like I want to be a friend I want to like have fun and you know I don't want to be also my friend's mom or like <laughs> oh my, my partner's mom like, yeah yeah it's not a
0: burden that you should be needing to take on it's yeah. not fair to you
1: yeah. Like I'm happy to be a mom to like my actual kid cuz I'm <laughs> yeah. like the expectation there. But when you're interacting with someone who is your peer, it's like no, you should have, like, figured that shit out yourself, you know? Like, it's not on me to, like, mother you and, like, guide you in life that way, really. But, like, when you are actually a mom, it's like, okay, no, that is my role. Like, this is what I signed up for. You can't expect a six-year-old to know how to, like, manage their emotions or, like, plan ahead Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, yeah, then that's my role to, like, step in and, like, teach them that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to bring out something that was, like, kind of interesting. A mutual friend of ours had brought up. We were kind of two to three years after graduating, and it just felt like, all our peers were either in like serious long-term relationships and it seemed like all those relationships were kind of at a pivot point yeah and it just seemed like those relationships were either like getting super serious where like people were like talking about getting engaged or getting married or they were reaching that like breaking point where it's like oh shit, we're gonna break up yeah so it's either like marriage or break up and it was kind of interesting to like watch that happen because i think yeah, within, like, a two-year span, maybe, yeah. like, all those relationships either broke up or, like, people got yeah. engaged. It was it's- very interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, no, I definitely saw
0: that. It was a bit... I think we were we were in the same conversation with yes. this friend, and it was, I don't know, so enlightening. I was like, huh, I think you're right. Like, it's definitely a pivot point. And I guess because you're around that age, like, a couple years out of graduation, like, maybe when you're 25, ish or so. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people have been in relationship with this person for a couple of years now. Like the relationship is, might have been getting kind of serious and it's like, okay, like what are we going to do now? Is this going to be move forward and we're going to get married or mm-hmm. is it
1: not going to work?
0: I don't know, it almost feels like time's ticking, like
1: got to yeah, find yeah. your partner, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's I don't know, it's kind of like how we said before, that idea that like on this life progression, most people will get married before they're 30, right? And so I think we were, like, hitting that, like, 25, 26 age where people are like, okay, like, that time is coming soon. And it's we either are going to get married or I need to break up with you so I can find potentially another relationship. So that, yeah, find the right person before I'm 30.
0: I feel like 30 feels far away, but also not very far away. I, I don't know. I think we've been calling it a quarter-life crisis, but it just feels like maybe this is what your twenties are about. Like it's trying to figure out who you are and what you're, what you want, and who you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. I think it could be perfectly normal that you don't get married by thirty.
1: I don't know. For women, we do have like a biological time clock. I can't remember what the age cutoff is. I think it's over forty or maybe over thirty-five. You're like it's a geriatric <laughs> pregnancy. Oh my. God i don't know to even think about getting to the stage where you want to have kids and like healthy kids in that way it's like you do have to you do want to like have at least like dated someone for a few years before you even consider getting married and then may or may not happen like right after so let's say there's like a five-year window like from like when you get into the relationship to like when you have kids and it's like it's not that every relationship you get into that first one you get into is like bound to like lead to marriage right oh like you gosh, might be yeah. like there might be like several relationships because it like doesn't work out after a year or whatever you know so
0: it's so funny because i feel like i like have the same i totally agree with what you're saying i feel like that's my mindset as well but if i'm like playing devil's advocate i'm like i'm not judging people that don't get married like that's totally fine as well it's a choice mm-hmm. but it feels like such pressure to make the choice and i and i think what i'm starting to realize is that you you need to make an active choice for yourself because it almost like similar to like the whole job thing where it's like like you were told to get like x y and z job because it's like the right thing to do you don't Mm want to fall into a marriage because it was the the right right thing thing to to do do. that's like totally not how it should go so for me it's like a realization of that okay make sure whatever you do you're making an active decision that you truly want this, not that you're falling into it. That, to for me, sure. has been, like, a big takeaway.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have always thought like that, right? Like, I remember talking to my parents about this. I was talking to them about, like, how I may or may not want to have kids. I'm still, like, thinking about it. Like, they thought it was really interesting because I think for them – they'd never had to make that active choice it was just kind of like that progression if you were in a long-term relationship okay you get married and then obviously once you get married you're going to start thinking about kids it's not like do i want to have kids it's like no you just have kids after getting Mm -hmm, married it's mm -hmm. not like an active choice i think for them it was like kind of interesting to like get a glimpse into my mind and be like oh you guys have so much more to think about because there's that like self-actualization piece where you have to like think about like is this what I really want versus like, oh, okay, like culturally and like society just like told them like, that's what you did. And in some ways it like taking that choice away from you makes it a lot easier because you don't have to question it. You don't have that like, oh, did I make the right decision or not? It's like, no, it just happened. And you just live with that decision. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. You're right that they didn't, they
0: don't make the active choice to like do Mm -hmm. certain things. My parents um, have like asked my brother who's married, oh, like,
1: when are we going to have
0: grandchildren? You know?
1: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes It's up. not like, will we have grandchildren? It's like, when is it going to happen? Because it's yeah. just going to happen. Although this actually, like, reminded me of something that, like, people keep bringing up to me, which it's a show that I haven't seen, but everyone keeps telling me about it, but it's, like, Indian matchmaking. Oh. <laughs> um, and basically, I, I I don't know. I haven't seen it. I think you've seen Have you seen it, Michelle? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, I and have. I guess, like, the premise is, like, these people get into, like, arranged marriages. I don't know I guess in some ways that are like arranged marriages also take away that like choice where you don't have to like think about like oh is this person going to fulfill all my needs in a relationship and for the rest of my life it's like no like the basic things are going to match whether it's family religion like whatever socioeconomic status because that choice has been taken away from you and you're like it sounds kind of bad but like forced into this marriage then you just like okay like this is my life and I just have to deal with the situation and you like build a life with that person but you're not like questioning your decision at every step Mm -hmm. so I don't know there is like it like sounds like you don't have freedom but in like in some ways you do have a lot of freedom in that when you're put in that situation because you're like okay no let me make the best of the situation and like build a life with this person instead of always questioning like oh I could have been with this other person or like if things aren't going well let me jump ship you know like you don't Mm -hmm. have that mentality like that option isn't even there Mm -hmm. you're
0: playing within a box like this is the person and now let's figure out the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. When I watched the show, I was actually surprised on like the amount of flexibility and choice that they did have when they do the, I guess, matchmaking you, you kind of list off what's the type of partner that you want. Like, and you go through like everything. It's like, well, they need to have like these personality traits and I want them to have like a good job. I'm maybe I'm a lawyer, so I don't want them to be a lawyer because I don't want us to always talk about work. I need our families to like line up and have the same religious views and I don't know. I think you're kind of vetting for that in a way when you're dating normally. I guess normal Mm -hmm. dating versus like arranged marriage dating. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting because they pre vet it for you. It's old school Tinder almost because it's like pre vetted profiles that you're like, okay, these are three people that meet the criteria that you set out. And like, okay, now go and maybe meet them and see what you think. Like, we'll go from there. I don't know, it's just very interesting on yeah. having like having that so clearly laid out on both sides, mm-hmm. mutually agreeing with it before even meeting the person and then yeah. you're like emotional connection that you find is like the secondary thing that you're vetting for essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is different
1: I think from yeah, your dating Yeah, it's like a little bit backwards from like how it is now, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Like you're almost like seeing if you have the emotional connection and then like checking the list on like yeah how does this like okay we have
1: emotional connection it's like but they have this career okay I can maybe budge on that because the emotional connection is more important or like it's stronger with this person or like okay we have different religions like mm, could be a problem but like maybe over willing to overlook that yeah I think in a lot of even like Asian cultures family is pretty important And Mm so it
0: just, like, makes sure that you won't have that trouble, like, further down the road. Like, the hypothetical situation that I bring up is, like, okay, if you were, like, seriously seeing somebody, and then you bring them and meet your family, and your family absolutely hates them. I think family is pretty important to most Asian households.
1: Yeah. Like, if
0: there's, because it's the kind of a collective society, like, you're kind of in it together. But if they didn't like them, like, how, how... how do you work with that right like yeah. do you keep seeing them because even though your parents hate them and that could be very difficult especially if you spend a lot of time with your family and like enjoy their company like you yeah you want them involved in your life right
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah i honestly would love to meet someone that's gone through an arranged marriage to just like chat through with them i feel like i have so yeah. many questions you know like pick their brains and be like "What was
1: like experience?"
0: and i wonder if they would have like dated normally or had that experience before because i i just would be so curious to compare like how different they are and like why it may or may not work
1: well i don't know anyone who's been in a (laughs) arranged marriage marriage. unfortunately so can't help you there but if anyone listening knows someone hit us 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 know (laughs) yeah yeah, give us their like information and we can have a chat with them and see how that see how that is cool is there anything else sweeney i don't think so we covered a lot Lots yeah. of tangents, as usual. But... Lots of tangents. Yeah, what an interesting conversation. Oh quarterly. yeah, I feel going like we're all we're consistently crisis.
0: going through our quarter life crisis. I feel like a lot of our unrecorded chats are about our quarter life crisis in the moment. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it <for laughs> sure. And to like share. to be honest, I've like I don't know. I have moments where obviously it gives me like quite a bit of anxiety, but I've also learned to kind of embrace it in some ways. I think like that little bit of anxiety just like gives me like a kick in the pants to. Mm-hmm. Make sure that I have a bit of focus in my life, and it gives me a bit of motivation to like want to achieve my goals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like obviously not too much, because then I just too like anxious. feel overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like so overwhelmed with everything. So yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Bye. Bye. So that's the end of this episode. If you liked what you heard, please share it with a friend. And we want to hear from you. So tell us what you think by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. It helps support us and we appreciate the feedback. You
0: can also find us on social media on Instagram as Jen.Asian. Or you can reach us directly via email at Jen.AsianPod at gmail.com. Again, that's Jen.AsianPod at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.